0: Welcome to the Be Your Own Badass Podcast, a show dedicated to helping overwhelmed women stop people-pleasing and learn how to live their life guilt-free for putting themselves first. I'm your host, Sarah Catherine, and it's time to live a life on your terms. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to the Be Your Own Badass Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Catherine, and I am so excited to have you here today. Today we are having our first guest in a while. If you heard the last couple episodes, I mentioned that now, within this podcast schedule, I will be having at least one interview... Episode per month. So I'm going to be having one guest per month. Becca here is the first one of this series of guest interviews that we have coming up. And I'm very excited to have her on today. Becca and I met through Instagram, through a bunch of mutual friends, after she heard me on Jess's episode of Rediscover. And Jess was a guest for my was the first guest for this podcast back in 2020. Was that 2020? I can't even remember at this point. But we connected through Instagram and then realized we have a lot of mutual friends and a lot in common. And I really love everything that she does on her own account and her mission behind her account, which is all about unfiltered and authentic lifestyle online. And she'll go into what that actually means and what that means to her, as well as how you can embrace your own authenticity when it comes to creating a social media presence online, whether that's Instagram or TikTok or anything like that. On top of this, before we get into the episode, a little bit about Becca. Becca is originally from Akron, Ohio and has been living in the Los Angeles area for about seven years after beginning a career with Disney. When she's not working on the studio a lot, she's with her husband, Joe, who they both love spending time at home with their dog and two cats, traveling to new places, going on Disney vacations, and are now looking forward to becoming parents in October to a baby girl. So that's a little bit more about Becca. And without further ado, here is Authenticity Online with Becca Hua. Hi, Becca. Welcome to the Be Your Own Badass podcast. I'm so excited that you're here and I'm so excited to finally like talk to you. Like, I know. Live. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel like we have like been friends online, which is crazy because we have so many mutual in real life friends mm-hmm. and it's been like a long time coming. Soon. <laughs> one really of these do. days we'll get together in person. Yes. One of well, these days. <laughs> now that like things
0: are opening up again and everything like that, 100% can happen at least the possibility is now there
1: (laughs) exactly
0: oh man well um for those of you who don't know um becca is here to talk about she has a i mean i'm gonna have you explain obviously um a little bit more but and her instagram account features her lovely little family with her husband and her pets and all about being authentic online and really showing the real, what you know, the reality based off of compared to typical Instagram influencer culture and all that kind of stuff. So with that in mind, Becca, would you like to be able to tell a little bit about yourself, what you do and a little bit of a background behind your account?
1: yeah, for sure. So, um, as you said, my name is Becca. Um, my husband is Joe. So I never referred to him as my husband. It feels too weird. I feel like everyone like just knows Joe. like, it's weird if I don't just call him Joe because if he's not already your friend, he will be in two seconds. So I refer to him just as Joe. Um, we do have our own little family of pets. We've got two cats and a dog. um, and it's like our little petting zoo all the time. We always have random animals in here, too. And we're so excited that we're expecting our first baby in October. And so that has been super fun. It's a little girl. Um, and so we're just really jazzed about that. But uh, Joe and I have been together for about six years. We've been married for less than one. We got real busy, got married, and had, like two <laughs> months later, having a baby, we didn't waste any time. Um, I guess we wasted two months, if you'd ask him, <laughs> but... <laughs> But yeah, so we, you know, I'm born and raised in Akron, Ohio. I've been out in Los Angeles for almost seven years now. I've been in, I've spent a couple of years down in Orange County and then the rest has been up here in LA. Um, work for Disney. I work in entertainment, so I think it kind of makes sense that I then enjoy being entertained <laughs> with <laughs> online content. Um, so I work in production services. We basically manage all production activity on our Disney studios and our prospect studios, which is in Los Feliz. So it's really fun. It's a dream job. I'm like really jazzed about it. Uh, I don't know how much you want me to go into about that, but <laughs> it does affect how I um, show myself online too, because I have a... Uh, a job that is, um, people like like to know about, but also I work for a company that doesn't want you to be the face of it. So yeah. it's been interesting navigating, like, showing my life and my job while also like. My job is not who I am, um, so that's been that's been really interesting. But yeah, I created this account, Hello Who Was, last I think it was like last September. As my earpod hang- falls out of my ear, <laughs> <laughs> um, these are Joe's, and I'm like not used to them. They're like one of the newer ones. Oh yeah, those fall out of mine too. I have the yeah, smallest I'm like Wait, ears. <laughs> yeah, like I hate this actually. I like my old school ones, but they don't last for very long. So I was they I'll like, do his, yeah. Um, So yeah, so I started Hello Who Was back in September of last year after just being amazed at how social – I kept myself on social media during COVID. Um, I feel like a lot of people, that's how I connected, not only with people that I actually knew, but also how I stayed entertained for months sitting at home, and I – I feel like anyone that creates a public facing social media account, like obviously it starts with like a little bit of narcissism. So I had that and then I was like, okay, now, you know, now I think I have a purpose, but I, in all seriousness, I started realizing like how problematic or crazy or just out of touch, like really out of touch a lot of these people that I was following on Instagram and, Mm. and, uh, Facebook were, um, you had like all these big influencers just completely ignoring COVID protocols or like mm. one that um, – her name's Ariel Charnas. She like actually had COVID living in New York City when New York was like the epicenter and then escaped to the Hamptons like with COVID, her whole family. And I was like, how, how are these people that have millions of followers? They're terrible. They're a terrible representation. So I just honestly started thinking like, I could do this better and I would like to share my life and it would give me a little bit of a challenge to portray myself in a light that was what I wanted to be portrayed as, which is who I am. Um, so I challenged myself and I was like, oh, if I create it, I create it and maybe I'll get like a few followers. And it's not a huge following, but I've uh, I've done a lot with it, I think in less than a year and I'm really excited about it. But the whole antithesis of it is like being authentically me. Um so yeah, that's where that's where it started. Now you've I I
0: didn't even I kind of forgot that had been just since September. Like honestly, mm-hmm. I know you meant you you might think that it's small, but you've grown pretty quickly in that amount of yeah. time. At least in my eyes and your posts all have like everyone is engaged. Like your followers are really like interested in what you're posting and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that you're taking this authentic approach, like the real snippets of real life because like I don't follow very many influencers, even if it's people from like The Bachelor that I really liked. Like I can't follow them because their life after the show and stuff like that is so out of touch. <laughs> we, yeah, and like I don't care if some people are sponsored and all this kind of stuff. Like yeah, they got to make a living somehow. I don't have any judgment on that, but like everything is so perfectly curated and edited and unrelatable, mm-hmm. and I can't do it. I can't fill that stuff with my feed because I. Number 1, I don't really care that they have such perfect everything. Like that's I don't care. I don't need that and it's also just bad for mental health like to be yeah. constantly following something that's so edited, so perfect because it's not real. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah.
1: And there are I mean there are a lot of cons to social media and I feel like more and more it, I kind of feel like, you know, I'm aware of them um and then I actively get into being in the social media sphere. Um but I think it's all about uh, self-realization and knowing like where your boundary lies,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, because there's a space for everyone. I really believe that. I believe that uh, when it comes to social media, there is a space for everyone, and there are people who want to see exactly what you just described. They want to see the people who are, um, they want to see the people who are fake and posting this unrealistic lifestyle, something that they want to attain towards or work towards, and like if they self-conceptualize that and understand that, then, I mean, fine. At least there's a space for them. But I just started noticing more and more there's just not as big of a space for people who are truly authentic. Um, Mm -hmm. Like you said, the sponsorship thing's huge. It's just like everything rolls into an ad. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. Especially when your only source of income is Instagram, you have to have advertising. Um, Mm -hmm. And then that's going to come from sponsored posts. My one second, my cat is outside the door, just sobbing. I'm gonna go for it. it. <laughs> Actually, he's in here. He wants out. That's what it was. Okay, I was like, I could hear him so vividly, and he was just like, <laughs> and I turned and looked, and I saw him sitting there. Um, but like, okay, there's authenticity right there, <laughs> yeah. right? like showing like those weird things that just like happen in your day to day life, and but it's, yeah, so many of these influencers. And it's interesting too because some of the people you described also go on this um, like path of being uh, celebrities. Mm -hmm. And celebrities on social media are very different than influencers on social media. So if you look at like the Kardashians, okay, right, some of the biggest Instagram followers on the platform – They don't post about their day-to-day. Actually, like Kim Kardashian has been quoted that she backdates like everything. So what you're seeing her post is weeks if not months old, right? A lot of that's for like a security purpose. Right. But it's all curated and it's all – especially when you're talking about like months later, she's picking out little pockets of her life to show you. Um, And it's just like that's her fun creative outlet. Um, But then you actually have influencers – Uh, Like one of the biggest names I think of is Krista Horton. Uh, She's fascinating. Um, She's got over a million followers and she is an influencer. That is her job. Um, And she is just on Instagram stories all day long with her family. Um, And I think that's like the difference, right? Like they have to be online and engaged because that's how people know them. Whereas like Mm -hmm. celebrities that you follow, like people are going to follow them no matter how engaging they are on social media, which is Mm -hmm. interesting, but it's all. It can all be so fake. Even <laughs> even Krista, you know, it's, it's ad after ad after. And then they don't always realize that what they're posting has negative effects. And I think mm-hmm. one of the biggest things, like you were talking about for mental health, one of the biggest things I think influencers, especially in the female space post that is so problematic is about dieting and weight loss mm-hmm. and unintentionally. You know, mm-hmm. you look at these women and you follow them and you're like – Oh my gosh, she's so beautiful and I follow her because she's just so cute and she's got this great family and I'd like to be like that. And you're just thinking personality-wise or like house-wise or cool. – and then all of a sudden she's going on a diet and you're like, wait, why are you dieting? Like I would love – I would kill to look like you. So does that mean I need to diet? And then it feeds into that perpetual culture of like selling diets and why it's a billion-dollar industry.
0: Mm-hmm. I think
1: that's what's a little dangerous too with influencers is they don't they don't always think about the ramifications of what they post or what they sell because that's how they're trying to make their money. Not to mention
0: like when it comes to the curated feeds and like the body image issues, not only are there apps out there that can change video and like along with image to make you look look a certain way, but just the po- – you have to pose certain ways too. Like there's – even if they're not using any type of apps, there's poses that look better. The lighting looks better. Like it really – there's so many different factors that could easily pin into that to make other people feel insecure if they're not careful. Like both. Oh, I absolutely. Mean, yeah.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Uh, I, I just thought of this actually. Um, tick blowing up last year one thing that I liked about it originally and it still kind of has this aspect to it is that everyone seemed to be a lot more authentic on that app like they would show up just like like no makeup hair a mess start talking about something random make a fool of themselves like literally just show up as them and just like be ridiculous but like everyone loved it and of course there's you know I guess you call it straight TikTok that <laughs> that has like the curated stuff and the pretty mm-hmm. people and the like, pop, I don't know. So that, there's that whole other side, but there is just such a bigger side of TikTok that is so much more authentic, I feel, compared to what you might find on Instagram.
1: Absolutely. It's funny too, because um, I was really into TikTok when I decided to start my Instagram account. Um But TikTok doesn't exactly – for me as a creator, it's wildly inauthentic for me to do. Um, But for me as a consumer, absolutely love it for exactly what you mentioned. You can find anything you want on TikTok. Joe refused to get onto TikTok until probably – like six months ago, he thought it was just like women dancing. And he's like, I don't care about like it's 17-year-old dancing. Like I don't want (laughs) to see that. And then he got onto it and now he's obsessed. Like once he got his feed going and like got into the right algorithms. But the the nice thing about TikTok is like you have to have something of substance to like mm-hmm. make it on TikTok. You have to have something that people like and you can find literally anything. And it's just a really good platform for finding that content. It's like on YouTube, you have to know what you're looking for. It's algorithm yes. isn't great. It's not showing you on your For You page like mm-hmm. when you log in, like this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. As far as growing like – um followings on TikTok. It's just, it's very, very different um mm-hmm. than Instagram. It's so much harder. It's uh, it requires so much more time. Um and it does for most people require a lot of like thought process. Mm. Um and I just like couldn't do it. Like <laughs> I couldn't do it. I wish I could do it because it's a really great exposure. But um I don't know yet that I've figured out what I could offer to the TikTok platform, but it is exactly yeah. what you said. It's 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 one of the places where in inauthent- er, where authenticity like thrives, truly thrives mm-hmm. because anyone can watch anything for sixty seconds, you know, mm-hmm. and you're and then you can just move on. Mm-hmm. But to follow somebody and like watch their day to day on Instagram, that gets that gets tough. That's and you true. You have to have a hook.
0: Yeah. Actually, now also with TikTok, there is still a dangerous side to it because they've been slowly like sneakily implementing some filters that adjust your face without even knowing. And like other things like that that and also the removing some like real women like showing that like real bo- like there's that. still yeah, there's still like
1: definitely problematic things about the app. So but yeah and that's They're, on like a content yeah. creation side. That's on like that's mm-hmm. on like the the platform. That's um, the platform. Not even on the, yeah, it's it's a yeah. platform issue and which is interesting, I haven't noticed that as much with Instagram. I mean, they have their weird their weird things, but yeah. Well, it's Facebook, um, Yeah. So. <laughs> it's, right right. <laughs> but it's been interesting with uh with TikTok to watch that especially like you said where uh you can have very thin women in a bikini, but then you could put a size 14 woman in that same bikini and the video gets taken down for like Mm -hmm. nudity. And it's like, really? Really? Yeah. Yeah. So they got some work to do. They They do, do, but it's, (laughs) it's still a catchy app. Like you'll probably never get off of it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, and the, the good thing also is like other people are calling it out like pretty actively at least if you're on a specific like type of algorithm that it sends you that yes. I've, I'm seeing people like point it out like hey look this is what they're doing to your face this is what they're doing to this like so there's a lot of self awareness there i feel yes. within that community which is really nice to see oh yeah absolutely i mean you kind of went into this a little bit more but what has been your experience so far with your account and your mission to stay authentic online Okay.
1: Yeah. So I've I've had so much fun with it. I didn't know where it was going to start or where it was going to end. Like I said, I just kind of like didn't put a lot of thought into it and just created it out of like sheer thought of like, I could do that and I could probably mm-hmm. do it better, but it takes work. Um, I love sharing my life with other and connecting with other people. Uh, I'm really glad that you brought up that when I post, it seems to get a lot of engagement. And that's what's really important to me is that I post things that people actually want to engage with and respond to or resonate with. Um, So that has been amazing. I love waking up and like having a full inbox and like responding to people and learning from them and connecting with them. That has been really great. Um, But I will say like staying authentic has – it was really hard in the beginning like up until a few months ago because I found myself doing that typical like cutesy influencer stuff because that's Mm -hmm. what I was like, oh, well, that works. And I was like, no. And I would post it because I felt like I had to post, um, especially posting like static posts to my feed. I was like Mm -hmm. forcing myself to like post a picture and just talk and I was like – Oh, that's not me at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I I had to take a step back a few months ago and kind of remember like why I started this and like why I wanted to capture like my raw personality and I don't I don't know, you can tell me if you're crazy if I'm crazy, but I feel like I've found the footing that I've needed to in the last few months. I agree. I'd rather I think post so thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I asked for the compliment, but thank you. <laughs> um I I you know, if I post once a week to my feed, that's totally fine. Um I connect better in stories anyways and I feel like uh it's like this reality TV loop of my life that people want to look at. Um but I am trying to grow my audience. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to find that balance. And I'd rather it grow really slowly mm-hmm. um, with firmer engagement than to just post stuff that's going to get maybe shared and then like not keep people engaged. Because you've seen mm-hmm. where like an account will grow really, really fast and it'll have a few thousand followers and then they struggle to get engagement. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, because they followed you for that one thing and then you had nothing else that kept them. Mm-hmm. Um so it's a, it's a game. It's a, it's a mind warp of posting things that are authentically you while also being okay with it not having a big reach, but also, mm-hmm. like, the goal is to grow the account, too. So it's, <laughs> it's kind of all over the place.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think also, though, Instagram, the game has been slowly shifting to encouraging, like, engagement is what brings the growth now. It's not yep. just the quant. Like quantity. Yeah, that's the right word. Yes. It's not the quantity. It is the quality of stuff. Quality. It is the people that it is like tuning into what your audience wants. Cause even like my own account, like I've slow, I've been needing to like show more of myself. And like I commend you for being able to just whip out your phone and just like talk and like, and like I, I, I like about anything anywhere that you yeah. are because I'm like I don't even like doing it in front of my boyfriend and like we've been together for over three years like I just yeah I still like get in that headspace and I need to not and like my coaches are always telling us like oh, you need to show, like, it's always good to show more of yourself and more, like, more of who you are. And then I'm starting to think of, like, why do I follow other people? Well, because the ones that I like the most that I really like are the ones that I see their life a lot more in and I see who Mm -hmm. they are, not just what they're teaching, not just what they're selling. I've been slowly trying to get more into what feels good in that area, but it's not easy. (laughs) It's so easy to just get into that normal, like, all right, this is the, this is what it typically looks like. This is what I usually see on Instagram. You know, this is what I see other people doing, but like being able to go against the green in any way is not easy at all.
1: No, not at all. And I will say talking into your phone doesn't really get easier. I get really (laughs) nervous when Joe's there. I also really don't like to re-record any of my stories. Uh, Um, So that's like another thing that I've been working on. Now, if I like completely miss the mark or something, I'll delete it and restart it. But one of the things I try to do is just like talk because I think that that comes across as like, oh, she's just actually having a conversation and not some recorded message for us. Um, but I started by myself. I wouldn't do it when Joe was around. Then I started doing it more with Joe around and it just kind of has gotten easier. Uh, but one thing that I I have not brought myself to do, and I think it's also a um, intimacy with my friends is i don't really post when i'm with my friends mm-hmm. um i it's still weird for me but i also think it's like a respect thing with them like listen i'm home with joe all the time if we story and he also loves it too like he if i he'll he'll tell me to post things like oh, why have you not posted about this or he'll <laughs> what did people say did people respond to your story about me he asks <laughs> about it but like my friends i'm like A lot of them aren't big into social media and they don't want to be seen and they don't want to be featured. And so, we, I, that is like a piece of my life that I don't show um, out of like my comfort level and their comfort level, Mm -hmm. which I think is fine. I think like I have, I have friends. I hope people know (laughs) that I have friends. (laughs) Um, But I'm really there to, to show with Joe, but it, it really does. Like that's why people respond to my stories. Then you, Then you like go into the whole algorithm thing. And yeah, Mm -hmm. if people like watching your stories because they like listening to you or talking to you, then they're going to go find you more. And then you're going to pop up on their algorithm more Mm -hmm. and you're going to be right there kind of in their face. Mm -hmm. Um, So I try to find one thing a day to be able to talk about. So I think Mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, we're doing this. I could talk about that because there's some days um, you'll notice on Mondays, I like never post. because I'm exhausted from the weekend and then work drains me and I also have a boundary with work of what I do and do not discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of it's the end of the day and I'm like, I don't got shit to talk about. Sorry, can I cuss on this? Is Go that okay? it, Yes. Oh, it's called Badass Woman, it's isn't called it? Badass, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Badass, yeah. Badass is in the podcast name. You're fine. Yeah, yeah. We're good. Um, so I'm like, I'm like oh, I don't got anything to say to these people. But like I try to, I try to show up once a day. Um So yeah, try that. Just try it. Just have someone to talk about. And it gets easier too. Mm -hmm. Or you'll you'll like force yourself to talk about something and then all of a sudden something else will happen and you're like, oh, I could talk for a year about this topic and then you've got 100 stories lined up. (laughs) Yeah, plus on top of that, like I've noticed that like – Anything that
0: relates that I can re- – also, I don't know what's happening with this lighting. It looks like I'm in, like, some sort of haunted house thing because it keeps flickering, <laughs> but nothing has changed. Nothing's changing. But, oh, well. Um, that – oh, my gosh. Totally lost my train of thought. Oh, the stories that I, like – that have lessons to them, I usually are rooted in my own experience, like, in giving them my yes. own experience. And, like like, there was a certain conversation that I posted on my stories last year at some point, and it was talking about, like – confrontation and like my experience like as a manager like dealing with confrontation for the first time or at least like constructive criticism which kind of falls into the confrontation of an employee and like talked about how a fellow manager called me out for like that's not this like it's not helping you for not doing this you know that kind of a thing and then using that as a lesson to be like okay like this is why it's important. And this is why I learned how to do it. And this is how I've gotten more like comfortable with it. And that one had some of the most, the biggest responses than just me showing up and giving like five tips or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, that's why I like just falls into the same thing we've been talking about. But I think people want to he- see like hear your stories and be related like relatable like it's just a breath of fresh air and like why wouldn't you like it's right makes why sense you're also. on social
1: media to like yeah. entertain yourself um <laughs> i really think that there's a a world where a venn diagram exists of reality tv watchers <laughs> and instagram users yeah. and there's like influencer lives in the center right because I don't, you're, you're a reality TV person, right? Oh yeah. Yes? Oh yeah. Yes. Okay. So I thought, I thought unashamed. so. Unashamed. Yes. <laughs> uh, it, unashamed. Yeah. Love yeah. that. Love it. Um <laughs> I am up to date on everything on Bravo almost all the time, but it's like Instagram and social media is like a 24 seven reality feed That's and true. you, right. so you get to always kind of just like watch people's lives. And so if you're not yeah, people want to get that. They want to be entertained. And then they also want to learn too like you know and that's where I think like the influencing comes space comes in and Mm -hmm. it's very similar to your space as well where you know you're as an influencer you're trying to sell a lifestyle or sell a product eventually Mm -hmm. people have to enjoy you to Mm -hmm. like want (laughs) to invest in you right Um, (laughs) and same thing with you like it like they want to know who you are so that they can invest in your coaching and your the things that you're bringing to them so it is really important it's mm-hmm. and it's the hardest part <laughs> but it's important
0: you wouldn't think it is but it is like yeah it, it just is for some reason but um yeah i like what you said about that with the reality tv and instagram <laughs> kind of being similar but almost it's yeah. like reality tv there's still manipulation behind the scenes like There's still producers editing and all that kind of stuff. And there is that on Instagram There is that on Instagram. Yep. 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 That's really funny. Yeah. Because one of my favorite, um, speaking of reality TV, Bachelor is like my all-time favorite. Okay. um, Trash. And (laughs) we love it though. Um, But one of my favorite people to follow like on my personal account is someone from like Ari's season, which was a few years ago. Her name is Becca. She has the Chatty Mm -hmm. Broads um, podcast. But um, her she like has two babies and like her she just shows her life all the time and like she posts ads in her stories all the time too like she talks about products and yeah. all this kind of stuff but she's always asking her audience what are your thoughts on how I introduce the ads like what are your thoughts because sometimes she would start with a story and you think she's just talking about her life and then it like goes into it it goes into yeah. a product she's promoting and stuff like that and people were starting to be like we feel misled like we were interested in what you're talking about but now you're trying to pitch us something so now she had like pulled her audience asked them okay do you like this natural like transition or do you want a heads up because she likes fusing in because she tries all of the products she does she tests them out for a period of time or something right. like that now she created this cute little like montage of video saying it's ad time and like to let people know that that's what's coming up like okay scroll through if you don't care but if you like it stay if you want to hear what I talk about like there's always some sort of prep but the rest of her life is so like real and yeah like in this stuff about parenting and everything like that like the real life of the struggle of her balancing her like podcast and she has a clothing line now and two young kids under two like all yeah and this the reality of all of that and it's just it's refreshing and I keep going back because it's so nice to see yeah that's like the only person from the franchise that I've been able to follow for longer than like for a long time after the show's done yeah
1: it's so interesting you brought this up because I haven't talked to anybody else about it, but I just saw on a um, – gosh, I can't remember the account. And if I think of it, I'll send it to you. But it's like an account for like influencer marketing. Mm. And they started talking – they basically work with, between brands and influencers. Mm-hmm. And brands hate what she is doing they hate the ad breaks really? and they're starting they're actually starting to put it in to like a clause of like and it's so it's almost like a deceitful thing from the brands because they want it to feel this organic like selling opportunity yeah. versus like okay ad break we're going to take a, we're going to take a break and I'm going to you know or like cuz they want They're basically hiring these people to advertise their product in a very subtle way Mm -hmm. um, that they actually use it and that they actually like it and it's built into their lifestyle. And I haven't decided how I feel about either one because I can immediately always guess that it's going to be an ad. That's the Um, thing. I I can always, whether you put the ad break or not, I know it's an ad.
0: Exactly. Like she was the only one. Yeah. Well, like, I actually just saw a TikTok today from someone who works in digital marketing. And like, they were saying, and like, I work in marketing too, full time outside of this, Mm -hmm. but like, they were saying how, I mean, we're not stupid. Users aren't stupid. Like, we know. We know. Like, if, and if we know, then like, I don't think companies really understand. Like, that users aren't dumb. Like they're not looking at Facebook ads. They're not looking at these other ads and saying, Oh, I didn't know this was an ad. I'm going to click on it. This is great. Yes. No, they're going to click on it. If they have it, if you are like, you know, if it's what you're selling is worth it, if the targeting is right, if like, you know, it's whatever, I mean, whether it's authentic or like real or not, like you're, it depends on whatever audience you're targeting likes, like, and Mm -hmm. it's all different for every brand. And I could I could get into a, lot of yeah, other a whole other This could be a whole podcast. Yeah, a whole
1: podcast. thing. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to see if yeah. I can find it and send it to you because it was really okay. interesting about this. This company was basically like we're putting this into all of our brand deals. None of our brands want it to be this inauthentic. I'm like it's still inauthentic. Like you're yeah. still clearly selling me something. Right. Um, And it's just like – turning more into like television marketing now, like advertising yeah. mm-hmm. instead of like integrated in my daily life. Or the other thing too was um, it, they pointed out when influencers are like, oh, I just had a sponsored post. Like, please go give it extra love if you can. You know, they post that because they want mm-hmm. the engagement. right? Um, And brands hate that as well because they're like, no, no, no. We paid you to be who you are and get your regular engagement with our product. And like We're not stupid. We know. I know the second I'm on TikTok and I scroll, I'm like, oh, that's an ad. That's an ad. Okay, keep going, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're – we want – I want, like, the like to know it is my jam, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, people post, like, their outfit and then somebody's like, oh, I love that, even though it's probably them, like, saying it. Like, oh, somebody asked me about my outfit. Swipe up for it. Then you swipe up if you want it and you keep going if you don't. Or, like – um. Oh, there is. Do you follow Gray and Mama? It's the little boy that, like, says, thank you, Mama, for all of Mm -hmm. his food. They're so cute. (laughs) They don't – I don't think they really advertise at all. And if they do, it's, like, children's stuff that I hadn't been interested in. But, like, they have these dining room chairs that I want so bad. (laughs) I look at that. I'm like, I want those chairs. And I'm like, please tell me where to find those. I comment on every di- every time they appears on their Facebook or, or on their, like, stories or their posts. Or anything. I'm like, hey, where are your dining room chairs from? And okay. like, they will not respond to me. And, like, that's the kind of, like, marketing. Like, let me just see your real life and, like, let me ask you about stuff. So if you're a yeah. brand, send stuff. I'll post me wearing it. um. But then, like, let people, like, make their own decision. Yeah. I'm going to find these damn chairs. I'm just telling you what. like and I'm want them <laughs> so bad
0: <laughs> oh that's too funny uh but um yeah the, the whole marketing and everything that can definitely be just like a whole other whole other subtopic. Oh, it's a whole other topic yeah oh yeah. man what does authenticity online like mean or look like to you like what what I know we've kind of talked about it a little bit but like what what is the difference do, do you think
1: I think it's I think that comes with like a form of starting with like self-realization because it's mm-hmm. different for everyone. Um Joe has a cousin actually who is like a very well-known YouTuber, Instagrammer. Um and she posts the most like aesthetically pleasing stuff. Like you just look at it and you feel comforted and you feel and you're like, "Okay, that's what people want. Like that's what that's what her audience wants." Mm-hmm. Um and that's who she is. Like, if you mm. meet her, I didn't know she had all of this stuff until recently. And I've met her for, at a couple holidays, and I was like, "Oh, that clicks! Like, that's who mm. she is, and it works for her." Um, so, if it works for her, great. If I tried that, I'd look like an idiot. Like, I look at this corgi painting behind me that Joe got at Home Goods, and Demand that has moved with us everywhere we've ever lived. Like, I am not an aesthetically pleasing person. So I think it's like knowing what you're good at and like, yeah. and who you are. And it's like super oversimplified, but mm. it starts with like self-realization, you know. Like for me, it's the raw, unfiltered stories. That's my mm. that's my thing. I do not put filters on because it just doesn't feel like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and people that use filters love them. A lot of times, people use them creatively, mm. um, and that's totally fine. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think that mm-hmm. like we all do have a an onus on being self-reflective when we're online mm-hmm. as adults.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I could get into kids' stuff and like how kids consume content very – because I think if if we change the way kids consumed content, then we as adults would then consume content better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think – but it's like been a cyclical thing. Yeah. Um, so for self-realizing as adults, like, yeah, she's using a filter. That's not what she, that you know. She probably might have acne. There's a couple I follow. Actually, know her in real life um, from like years ago. We've lived in Ohio, and uh, she's posted like, I use filters because I have acne, and I will never be comfortable with you with you seeing it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, f- that's that's fine. I yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not going to judge you for it. But for me, I'm not going to use filters because. That's not something I'm worried about. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, for me, it's it's sharing those unfiltered stories and sharing funny moments with Joe and how I actually live and what I'm working on and like doing things that are actually in my wheelhouse and mm-hmm. not pretending to be something that that's not me, that doesn't feel comfortable to be me.
0: Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's really dependent on the person because you can't yeah. – like someone else couldn't look at you and say, I need to do what you're doing if it's not what they need to, like, if yeah. it doesn't fit well with them. So it really depends on the person. I really like that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, do you ever have any reservations about posting something honest or authentic online?
1: Yes, but for weird reasons. Hmm. Um, I am not ashamed about much, uh, but I don't, <laughs> have you heard the term sad fishing? Have you heard no, that term No, I don't yet? think okay. so so it's like a newer term, but it's a, it's, you know, in the, the go or So if you go down like the this Reddit snark and all that kind of stuff, but, uh, sad fishing is basically when you post things that are sad in your life or difficult for attention. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm going to throw out here and I'm be like, I'm super relatable because this sad thing happened to me. And like, mm-hmm. woe is me. And like, so that people engage with you. Yeah. I don't share for that reason, but I'm Petrified of it ever seeming like it's for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really confident like in my faults and my failures. So when I share them, I don't share them for people to be like, I'm so sorry, or like Becca, you're beautiful. Like, don't say that. I'm like, yeah, I know I'm beautiful. Like I, I know that, but like I'm frustrated with the b- way my body is changing as I'm pregnant and I know that's not going to matter and I share it just because like you might be frustrated too It's like it's cool we can get through it mm-hmm. um and so I I think I've gotten to that space with the people that are on my account um because I do want to share it but I don't want people to be like feeling bad for me <laughs> I don't yeah. I don't want it to, I don't want it to seem like I'm sharing it for attention I want it to seem like I'm sharing it to be relatable mhm which has been, like, a very big kind of struggle. I had to think about how I frame things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, other than that, I don't know. I I think, like, people ask, to like, how Joe feels about what I post. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel like my biggest advice is, like, do not start a public social media account that features your husband if your <laughs> husband's not on board. Like <laughs> – First and foremost, okay. Yeah. Um. And second of all, like know your your partner. Um. Mm-hmm. I can look at Joe and be like, "Well, oh, he's not having this today," and you might not see him for a day or two, and then I can look at Joe and be like, "Oh, he's eating this shit up." Like, okay, we get we <laughs> let's capitalize. You know, it's, it's kind of like a dog. Like, what sometimes Winston wants to look cute for a picture, and sometimes he wants <laughs> nothing to do with me. Um. So I know Joe, and I know what he's comfortable with, and. I know that like where his levels lie and then mm-hmm. it makes it easier for me to feel comfortable sharing about our life. Like, mm-hmm. And there's been times where I'm like, hey, do you mind if I talk about this? Or like I've asked him, um, but sometimes like I don't ask because like just life, you know? I don't mm-hmm. – I'm not posting anything. I don't know. All of our problems are like what I call like champagne problems, you know? <laughs> They're just silly little things. Uh, but yeah, it's it's been – been interesting finding that footing between showing who I am Mm -hmm. but also like making sure that it's not Mm attention-seeking even though like this whole account's attention-seeking right like social media (laughs) the premise of it yeah (laughs) yeah exactly but I want it to be relatable at the end of the day I don't want people to be like I don't know just feeling sorry for me that's weird Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) I think I mean I've I mean personally either you've done a very good job at not coming off that way or just like that I think you've just yeah, I guess you've just been doing a good job at that because I've never thought like anything you've posted is for attention. And I think like <laughs> I think just your intention behind it is already like if it's in the right place, then it's already going to be better than if someone was intentionally doing that because mm-hmm. it's just you can kind of you can feel the difference like there there is that yeah. like, you know. And it also depends on how the person is overall. Like if like suddenly you did one thing, it might just be like something is happening. Like something like, – I don't know. I don't know where that was going. But
1: <laughs> No, no. I hear um, what you're saying. I get yeah. what you're saying. And it's – I also think too that when people start to post that stuff, that's like really sad. I'm like, okay, I hear you, but like are you also in therapy? Like because yeah. it's fine to post about it, but like are you also like doing something about it or are you also yes. like – because we are not – your therapy outlets. I'll listen to you and I'll watch your stuff and I'll relate to it. But like, why are you posting? Are you, th- but mm-hmm. I think there's like three reasons you post about something sad. Like A, you want people to know what's going on in your life. So it's just an update. Mm-hmm. Um, B, you want it to be relatable or C, you're kind of looking for like something to post about or the attention for it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so it depends on where you fall in that, like with the, oh my God, with my cat trauma, I posted about that because I was like, what the what the F is happening in my life? Like, this is insane. I can't believe this. This is what I'm processing. I can't think about anything else. I can't sit here and like post happy go lucky stories when like my cat is trying to like kill himself, like commit suicide. Like, so it that was sharing that was that was my reasoning. Um but, yeah, it's it's interesting to watch. Now that you know about sad fishing, I can't wait to see – you're going to find somebody and be like, oh, oh that's what that is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I mean there are specific people lately that I've been seeing that like use Instagram or something like that as a way to like process things and like as mm-hmm. a way to – you know. but then they'll delete it later or something like that. But sometimes it's just – it's so constant. It's almost just like reinforcing the negative – thoughts and behavior it's not really doing it's not productive after a certain point sometimes from what I've been seeing from some people and it's just like like as a coach I want to help some of these people but at the same time yes is therapy involved because that's different than like what I do there's so much there that goes into it um but also like I feel like a really positive thing that's come from social media and from people being real about it not for Maybe even for like even if they had the attention-seeking like mindset behind it, but just talking about specific things that they might be struggling with, like there's so many things that women have dealt with, like with, I've I mean I've seen with a lot of um, friends of mine that became parents, like when they talk about the reality of giving birth or life after birth, or even people who haven't been able to bring a pregnancy to term or anything like that, it's just stuff that in the past had never really been talked about, and I see people in the comments being like, oh my god, I thought I was alone, like all of these types of yeah. things, and I really think it's been a part of it's been a good piece to help people and women especially like understand that like feelings are valid, your emotions, your reactions, all of this stuff is, is normal, you know, whether mm-hmm. you've seen it in real life or talked about it with a person that you know in real life or not, like that's a good thing I've seen out of it at least. Yeah, no, for sure. It's, it's a really good connector for sure. Mm-hmm. Have you learned anything new about yourself along this journey? with this account mm. and everything?
1: I I think I've learned like a new sense of confidence or reassurance um, because everything that I post, like I said, is to be relatable. And mm-hmm. so when people respond back and they relate, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm doing something right. Like I'm not alone in this. This is good. Um, it's been a nice like fun challenge to myself that like I'm kind of in control and I can do it and I can tackle this. And I've got big – plans and projects that I want to see through. But um, yeah, I definitely think like the sense of confidence and like in who I am has Mm -hmm. been what I've learned for sure. Nice. And then what would you recommend to
0: others who are wanting to be more authentic online but aren't sure what to do or where to start?
1: Ooh, okay. This is tough because I feel like we said everyone's mm-hmm. authenticity is different, so mm-hmm. finding what it is that you resonate with and like, you know, wanting to emulate that, um, it's okay to consume content that is not going to reflect who you actually are. It's okay to consume content and know, like, I'm never going to be this aesthetically pleasing, like picture perfect home. Um, I'm never going to be in a fashionista, um, but. But so while you consume that, think about who it is that that you want to be. So if there's people that you're really drawn to because you feel you connect to them, those are the behaviors that you want to emulate and not the other ones. Mm -hmm. Um, So like for me, it was taking off filters. It was posting things in real time um, that were – that felt purposeful. Like Mm -hmm. I posted this – for a purpose um, and not for like just a post. But if you're also just like a person that's not looking to grow a social media following and you're just a person that like likes following people on social media, just knowing that, knowing that like you can keep living your life and watching those people. Just because I watch... Southern charm doesn't mean I'm going to move to Savannah and become like a social, like uh, what are they like? Like socialite. a Southern so- socialite. Yeah. So yeah. I'm almost a socialist. I was like, I think I am a socialist actually. Um, but Southern, yeah. I'm not going to be like a Southern socialite just because I watch Southern charm. Um, I watch it for pure entertainment. Uh, so I think people just, it's, it's a lot of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. I keep saying that over and over and it's hard to get to, but like if you're not feeling comfortable about the content you consume or the content you put out, do some work. Mm-hmm. Work with Sarah to, to, <laughs> to learn who you are and what your boundaries are and 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 your people-pleasing techniques and why it is that you are the way that you are today and, and figure that out. And then I think the rest kind of falls with it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like just understanding and like getting more comfortable with your own instincts. Also, just not just in everything with life, like if you do have like an account and you're wanting to do something like that, like that would just help so much more because you're doing something that doesn't feel good. It's probably going to come across and they're going to feel it too. Yep. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. what are your plans
1: for the future of your online authenticity journey? Oh, my gosh. My dream plans. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have so many, but, like, where's the time? I'm also, like, having a baby. <laughs> like, how do I do all mm-hmm. this? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I really would love to see this grow. Um, I've been really proud of where it is, but I have more plans. I've told you like I've wanted to start a podcast. I have a podcasting mic and this is the first time I'm using it because I get nervous. Um, well, I it sounds to great. Dive into it. Thank you. Good. Um, thank you, Phil Durasmo, for letting me buy this off of you, my friend. Um, but I think that um, – There's a couple things. So in the immediate future, I am in the middle of launching our YouTube channel, which I haven't quite figured out what exactly it's going to be, but right now it's going to highlight our Hawaii trip. Mm. And then... I've just been nervous, and so I haven't edited it because I'm also a perfectionist. So I feel like I'm. A, I'll start editing this, and then be like, "Oh my god, I could have done better." And like, why did I bother? Um, I just need to go for it. Know that the first one's not going to be the best one, and then just keep going. Um, I want to showcase more of our everyday life, maybe on like a YouTube channel, um, and then just continuing like the different platforms that I have as creative outlets. Uh, but ultimately I would love for this to continue to grow. Um, it's been fun because I have this like weird array of followers. I have like Disney people, I have younger people, I have like moms, like of kids my age, <laughs> like that follow <laughs> me. And it's like, and I learned so much about them. And so kind of just continuing to grow that. And I think that that uh will be easier to do the more that like Joe and I have to share, mm-hmm. especially like having a little babe. I feel like that'll be pretty easy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Speaking I, of which. Yeah.
1: Yes. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, don't of which,
0: <laughs> Um, have you and you kind of mentioned this earlier, and this could go off into a whole different topic, like a whole nother episode, but have you thought about mm-hmm. how you're going to help Little girl navigate social media as she grows older, and I know like by the time she gets to that age, social media is going to look so different than what it does now. But, like, have you guys thought about how you're going to approach that kind of thing? Like, or is it just kind of like that's a whole nother monster within itself?
1: (laughs) No, I think, um, I think Joe and I are very content consuming, like heavy people. Mm -hmm. Um, we watch television, we love movies, we use social media. Um, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. And I think that as we raise our daughter, I don't want I'm not going to plop her in front of a screen, right? <laughs> like there is some issues with that, but mm-hmm. like Also, like how hypocritical Joe and I both work in the entertainment industry. If we were like, you can't play video games or watch TV. And I'm like, oh, that's both of our careers, video games and television. Like can't encourage people not to do that. I need to encourage people to keep doing that. Um, But I think that there's there's two routes of it right like as somebody who puts their life on social media it's like how am I going to share my daughter or my future children Mm -hmm. um and I definitely think that it's the same way with Joe where I can sense like oh he wants no part okay and if Joe looked at me today and was like I never want to be on your social media account again I'd be like okay cool I feel like if my daughter says the same thing to me I'd be like okay cool um But like, yeah, parenting and like social media and how I'm gonna broach it, I feel like. I feel like we learned a lot about what not to do from our own parents. I've just been having this conversation with one of my friends um, the other day, where it was like. I mean, I loved my parents. They're fantastic. They were great, great, great parents. But like, we didn't really talk about a lot, and it was kind of like, "Do as I say, not as I do." Mm. And no, I want my kids. I want to live a life where what I do is what my kids do. Mm. Um, so showing them and teaching, teaching her, especially being a girl, like
0: mm-hmm. in
1: her, in her own confidence, and her own understanding, and being confident in who she is then you can tackle stuff on social media. And I hope to be the type of parent that uh, is open with my children and that they'll talk to you about anything um, or give them a safe space uh, with yeah. my friends or their aunts and uncles so that they have somebody to go to um, so that they don't ever feel like that they're hiding something uh, and just always having really open conversations about it. So mm-hmm. it's a – yeah, it's a, it's a doozy. But I, yeah I, – yeah I think I think it's interesting though
0: because I feel like our generation is like one of the first ones to become parents after growing up with social media because like our parents didn't have this this like myspace was starting when we were in middle school or something like that and that was really like. The beginning of it all, at yep. least for me. So, and the approach back then was just you can't do it at all, period. And of course, yes. if you try and restrict something completely, you're going to want to do it even more.
1: <laughs> My <laughs> so. mom learned that the hard way. I was when she tried <laughs> to parent me, and it did not go to plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I've, I've, I
0: think it was the book Untamed by Glennon Doyle. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you've read that, but she was talking about approaching social media with her kids as they were becoming teenagers. And she was taking more of the open communication approach, like what you said, and really just being like letting them know everything about the channel and like everything that can come with it and then helping them be mindful about it. And just so they don't get sucked into it. And one of her, I think it was her son or something like that, ended up just saying, like, telling his mom, like, look, I don't feel like I'm doing anything I'm actually interested in anymore. I feel like I'm always on Instagram or something like that. And I feel like I'm losing a piece of myself because of it. And because of that, they talked and he made the decision to just remove the apps completely from his phone. Yeah. And like, that was a teenager doing that. It's just like, I that would have that. been unheard of, like, at least for me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and then also, um, literally yesterday, we were, Bo Burnham's been coming up on our TikTok feeds a lot lately, but he has a lot of um, interviews he did when he directed the movie Eighth Grade, because that was all about you know, middle schooler and going through life right now with that type Mm -hmm. of content and stuff, and he was talking about how there should be regulations on social media for kids to not really use it until they're 18. I don't know how that would, if that would be a good option or anything like that, but I, in the comments, what was really interesting was in the comments of that interview, people who are currently like 17 or 18 years old agreed with him and said that they lost a lot of their childhood mm-hmm. because of what they dealt with with social media. Yes. And yeah.
1: which is wild because- It has because to be- yeah. It has to be like yeah. an all or nothing thing, right? Like you mm-hmm. can't just like say to your kids like, no, you can't use social media until you're 18, but then like every other kid is. Yeah. Um, because yeah. again, it's that like keeping them away from it. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of kids need guidance and parents have not been quite comfortable on how to broach the subject with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really do think that there's a very important part of parenthood that is like letting your kids try things. Mm-hmm. Being there when it doesn't work out and helping them navigate it versus this like, well, I told you so, or yeah. just not letting them experience that. And I feel like as mm-hmm. parents, we, you'll try to work really hard to like never let your child be hurt or like emotionally, <laughs> physically, mentally. And so it's, it's a protective instinct, but imagine how much better we could protect them for the long-term future if we just mm-hmm. taught him, them these important skills from the beginning
0: mm-hmm. and that we were
1: a safe space to go when- they messed up
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and I I mean that this again could go into even more about our generation being more open to talk about mental health and everything like that but Mm -hmm. um yeah I think it's just going to be very interesting to see how things change and develop with I've also been interested to see like because the children of influencers like the big ones where they or like mom Mommy bloggers or stuff that like mm-hmm. use their kids to—I have opinions about this, but <laughs> use their kids as they're selling products, like all that kind of stuff. And now they're growing up, like having no say. I'm assuming no say in the fact that they were on public display for like most most of their childhood, if not since birth. Like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm very curious to see how some of these kids think of that because they yeah. didn't really have a say in that.
1: That's what I'm there's curious a, about. There's a YouTube family I follow. Um, her name is Jessica. Jess Fam is her ch- is her channel. Long story short, she's got seven kids. Um, and she's like, thir- she's like our age. She, I mm, don't even oh think she just turned 29. It's a whole thing. Some are, It's from a blended marriage. It's from oh, twins. Okay. It's from. It's like, it's from a whole thing. Uh, mm-hmm. like two of them are not biologically hers, and then she had a set of twins. Anyways, I digress. Um, <laughs> and somebody kind of called her out and was like your whole channel – I mean, she's she's got like millions of followers. Mm-hmm. Your whole channel is based off of your children. People watch your family channel for your kids, right? Um, and I'm sure Joe and I are going to get to the place where people follow us on Instagram because they follow us as parents parenting our children. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, so how do you like – how do you take care of that? Um, and she, she brought it up one day. She's like, yeah, I make a lot of money from YouTube. She's like, I have a financial advisor. I have an accountant. Every one of my kids has an account. A percentage of whatever I make goes into their accounts. Oh. Um, they're paid. They they appear on my channel and they are paid. And if they ever looked at me and said, I don't want to be on your channel, they don't have to be. It's funny because her kids are like, we want to start our own channels. Like They love it. <laughs> they, they love it. They love watching her edit. They love – so now – Her oldest daughter, I think, is like 11 or 12, and she Mm -hmm. just gave her her first camera to kind of like make her own little mini videos. Um, And so she's actually, in my opinion, a good person to see how she navigates parenting and being like an influencer. Mm -hmm. She's a little different though because while she is on Instagram, most of her work is on YouTube, and she posts three videos a week. So three days a week, she's recording. And mm-hmm. then the other four days a week, she is not recording for mm. YouTube. Um, So I, I think that that's interesting. She's got a really big, a much better blend. But it probably didn't start out that way, right? Like mm-hmm. when she was early on, she was probably having to do a ton more. But then there are absolutely people who just pimp out their kids and don't have a boundary. And you have to wonder like, I don't know, these kids have to look miserable, like, in these photos. And you're like, they don't want to do it. They don't want to do it anymore. You know, they just want to be kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's why I don't think, aside from getting, like, professional photos done every once in a while, people are – I hope people don't expect cute family photos of us because (laughs) I don't want to do it. I can't imagine (laughs) Joe wants to do it. Winston hates that shit. And the baby's (laughs) probably going to also hate it. So – we'll see where it goes but yeah it's it's interesting but i hear you on parenting and child influencers and but you should check out Jess fam she's fascinating i can give you the whole rundown later but she's she's we should do an episode yeah. i mean this is your podcast but um maybe on my podcast we'll do an episode oh, yeah. where we just deep dive mommy influencers
0: oh my god yes there we go there we go
1: that's what we're going yes do. that's it oh man <laughs>
0: How does sharing openly and consistently affect your relationship with your partner? I know you said you have an open communication Mm -hmm. with Joe and you know Joe very well, but has like doing this, like shifted anything or needed to navigate anything differently or taught you something about your relationship a little bit more like when it comes to that? I, doing yeah. it together,
1: I think it actually makes us closer in some sense. You know, mm. it's something we enjoy doing. We've been like kind of sitting at home, not doing much. And so um, Joe's usually one of the first people to watch my stories oh. <laughs> um, <'cause laughs> from his personal. He also like doesn't post on his personal account ever. Um, like he just posted a picture that we got married and like hasn't posted since. And I was like, oh, you know, like, posts that you're having a baby. He's like, yeah, when she's here. I was like, oh, okay. Surprise. <laughs> <Fine>. <laughs> Surprise. Um, so people probably got like, his family probably got invites to the baby shower and like had a, no idea that he's having a child. Um, cause he just doesn't, he does not use social media, mm. um, himself, but he consumes it. And so I think it's, it's brought us closer into that regards. I think that it's given me a little bit of a purpose, um, which makes me a better partner because I just feel better about myself mm-hmm. and my life and and what I'm doing. Um, and yeah, it's just been something fun to do together. And if any, if at any point it was stopped being fun yeah. for either of us, we we would stop. But Joe, nine times out of ten, is like, oh, you got to get a picture of the food, or you got to get a picture of this before <laughs> we do it. Or if he does something ridiculous, he then he's like, well, what are people saying? Like, did, did people laugh at my at your story of me? And I'm like, yes, people laughed. He's like, well, what are they saying? And I'm like, you have the login. Like, you can log in and read the messages. <laughs> But that's oh, Joe man. and I, right? Like that's mm-hmm. us and like we knew how to do it. But I can definitely tell when people post their husbands or their fiancés, boyfriends, partners, whatever, and they're uncomfortable and you can just tell that they're just not vibing with it. And it's like – You can't ugh. force that. If it's, no. it's like some people just don't like it.
0: Like and that's that's okay. But yeah. Yeah. But I, J- I there's some that. stuff Joe hates so. doing.
1: Oh Yeah. yeah. Joe hates <laughs> – he I used to like make him do tiktok dances with me because I would learn tiktok dances as a workout and then make him do them mm-hmm. with me and he's like uh, he's <laughs> so happy I've not asked him um like he absolutely hates it but he does it with me because it's like something I enjoy doing and I'm like come on look, what else mm-hmm. are you doing today like it's ooh, Saturday in lockdown like what are you doing today like, <laughs> let's just learn a tiktok dance and so he'll do it with me and we have fun with it but he's still like not, Not – he doesn't favorite. love it. So there, yeah, <laughs> I know that there's things that he likes to do and things that he doesn't, and I just try to maintain that.
0: How do you find balance between sharing online versus what you keep
1: private? I know you mentioned like work and mm. stuff like that. but Yeah. Um, yeah. Work's a big one. Um, I'm happy to talk about my job if anyone reaches out and is like, what is it that you do? And I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. Um, as far as keeping private, I keep, like I said, my friendships is probably mm-hmm. the biggest one that I keep private. Um, I'll post like a picture if I get together with my friends, but like I'm not gonna be on my phone doing a story, like in the middle right. of like having dinner with my friends. Um, and that's a little bit of actually focusing on the moment in real life mm-hmm. and also being respectful of the fact that like, my friends aren't social media influencers or' want to be or have any interest, and a lot of them like their privacy. So I'm not going to put them in that position. And then, as far as things go in my relationship or my home that I share, I think I share everything that like is a day to day thing for me. Um, I don't know if you saw this morning, but like I actually like had an absolute panic attack and like yelled at Joe and cried over, a Sharpie written on a Tupperware container. That's I did not see my that. <laughs> moment. Um, but I was like, I posted like how we were excited to have a great day today. And then I was like, but it didn't start great. And I like want to mm-hmm. share that. Like I want people to know that. And Joe just kind of laughs about it. But yeah, there's not much when it comes to like my home life right now that I'm keeping private because mm-hmm. we don't have problems that like I thought that's weird to say but like we don't have problems like you know I'm not like worried that Joe's out cheating on me or we don't have marital issues or Mm -hmm. And I think probably if we did I'd probably keep those private um but right now other than like my close friendships my family I don't really post like when I'm with them I don't post too much of them um or Joe's family either because again It's just I I respect other people's boundaries. So I think that's Mm -hmm. probably where I work and, and friends and family I probably hold back on a little bit.
0: Hmm. I can kind of relate to the not really posting with friends or like at, when you're like out doing I'm honestly I didn't realize like when I worked at Disney for four years or whatever like I didn't realize that most of my friends were the ones to like take pictures and stuff because then I'll realize like looking back that I'm usually just like enjoying not being on my phone when I'm hanging out with people or something like that and I used yeah. to have like a YouTube channel back when I did the college program and stuff so I am I've, oh I've had that <laughs> I've had that like phase where I'm filming myself constantly like in the parks or anything like that And then like after a certain amount of time, I was just tired of doing it. And then I noticed that I was, like, never having any pictures on my phone because, like, Jess takes pictures all the time. So she would be the one taking pictures. I have another friend mm-hmm. who d- did does YouTube videos. And, like, so she takes pictures all the time. All my friends were, like, photog- like Je- Jessie also. Like, she takes pictures. Right. Like, she's a photographer. Like, all these people in my life take the pictures. And now my boyfriend, like, really likes taking pictures. He went to school for film. So he's the one that's usually oh, taking pictures, pictures of me. And um, it's, just, it's just really funny that I realized, like, I'm not actually the one – to like if I'm that's why that's probably one reason why it's hard for me to like come as like the other things in the everyday life because I don't want to just like be recording it constantly I like mm-hmm. just de- like embracing it if that makes yeah. sense so
1: yep, yeah no, I feel that and that's how I feel when it comes to this idea of starting like a YouTube channel mm-hmm. um I want it to be more like a video diary of my life so that I have something to look back on mm-hmm. versus being like – the primary drive is like content for others. Like whatever we post, like yeah. I want it to be more so that I know like things that Joe and I did and sharing in these moments and we can look back on them together. Um, but surprisingly also, like I'm I'm forcing myself to be the picture taker. Like we just mm. – we just really aren't. I don't like, I'm not very comfortable like posing in front of a camera. It's video is so much more natural to me. Um, so yeah, when it comes to pictures, even with my friends, like we had dinner with a friend's uh, like last Friday night and they were like at the, on Saturday, Somebody's was like, oh, did anyone take any pictures? And I was like, <laughs> there's a picture of my plate of food. Like That's all. That's all. That's the only that's photo we took. Constantly
0: with my friends yeah. nowadays.
1: <laughs> we didn't take a single picture of the babies that got together for the first time in like a year. We didn't take a picture of the three of us. We didn't take a picture of the dads. We didn't, nothing, nothing, Nope. nothing, not a single freaking picture. And I miss that kind of stuff. I was just thinking the other day that like I miss photos like when you look back at, like, your old, like, photo albums, like, when you're mm-hmm. a kid and it's just, like, you randomly sitting on a couch and your dad's, like, <laughs> lounging in the background. Like, those don't exist anymore because you take it and you would delete it and you'd make them pose. And I'm like, mm. oh, I miss, like, disposable camera weird crappy photos. Like, mm-hmm. I like that. that might be, like, an era that's kind of gone. Yeah, a little bit. I
0: mean, the one thing that I've been seeing lately is the photo dump, which is just kind of like dumping yes. a bunch of, you know, which is kind I've of nice. I've liked that. that. Yeah, yeah, I've liked that. And a lot of people are like, back in uh, our day, we had Facebook albums. <laughs> we went to yeah. do the photo dump in the Facebook albums. And I was like, yes. that's really true. I don't do that anymore. Yeah. Um, But no, yeah, oh, I I, never do. yeah, I've wanted to like, because we go on camping trips, we go hiking, we do all this kind of stuff. And like less last year, but I wanted for a period of time to like record stuff because I used to like yeah. filming my vacations and stuff. But I all it's the balance between actually doing the filming and enjoying the moment. Like mm-hmm. that was hard. That's been hard for me, and I kind of just like gave up on it for a bit. I might do it later. Who knows? But yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's an interesting balance when it comes yeah. to something like that.
1: We too. we had a fun time doing it in Hawaii, so I'm excited to see kind of how these vlogs turn out. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that if I don't uh, do something with them, Joe's never going to let me attempt a vlog again because it's, it's time consuming. <laughs> and he's like standing there waiting for me to like take me roll or do this or do that. And then um, – So I'm hopefully gonna get like the first I wanna get like the first like day or two up this week and then see how I feel. Cause like do we vlog when we're in Florida? I don't know. Like I just don't Mm. know. But I know people will wanna see it. Like right? So it's like everyone loves
0: Disney vlogs. That's the thing. Loves them. Oh
1: God. Everyone loves everything Disney. I know that's why I have to like draw the line too between like, okay, yes, I work for them, but I'm not a spokesperson for them and I'm just (laughs) a person that spends way too much money there. Yep. Oh yeah. man. Uh,
0: um. So that's all the main questions that I had. Um. Really quick before I get into like the three rapid fire questions that I ask all okay. of my guests. Um. The question I have is how can people find you if they want to connect?
1: Oh, Right now, Instagram. That's mm-hmm. that's really my main source. Um, we are at hello dot huas. H U A S. Um. It was a point of contention. I almost changed it. And then everyone was like unanimously, like, do not change it. Um, so we're stuck I with I was it. the one so- that was saying, go ahead, change it. <laughs> yeah, I think you were the only person that was like, yeah, do what feels right for you. And everyone That's, else was yeah. like, absolutely not. Like, do not change it. <laughs>
0: I literally had just changed mine you and just I had been thinking yours. about it yeah and I had been thinking about it for like two months and then my coach was like why haven't you done it before I even brought it up so that's why when you said something I was like well if you're thinking it it's probably not going to go but like if it you know it, obviously right, no, whatever it, it works it would have
1: been fine but like yeah. people were like "No, no no this is like you and Joe and I was like yeah, but I do all the work. Like it's me. Cause it's you started me. it
0: out saying it was I, like sometimes Joe. I remember like yes, that being yes. in your thing. Yeah. Sometimes
1: Joe. And then now people are like, the hierarchy. The hierarchy right now is um Winston, Joe, <laughs> Bo, and then me and Elias, the you know, the cat that mutilated himself. Like it's just the two of us down there at the bottom. I'm just a conduit. For everyone I feel like else. people who <laughs> don't follow you might be very confused about this poor cat. Like, <laughs> oh, my poor cat. He just went oh. through some trauma. He found out I got pregnant and he just. He had was that some around the same time? Like, you Six got- days later. Oh, no. I found out I was pregnant and that happened six days later. Yes. Oh, no. Oh, he has gosh. a neurological condition called feline hyperesthesia. It causes, like, basically, like fibromyalgia. We think what happened was he injured his tail and then he like his neurological condition caused him to like go and attack it and like rip it to shreds. And Mm. it's crazy. It ended up getting amputated, and now he's just the chillest little thing. He's just sleeping (laughs) behind me right now, snoozing.
0: Okay. So for the three questions that I have, it's just kind of rapid fire, whatever comes to mind first. Okay. Um, and so here's the first one.
1: What does happiness mean to you? Having the confidence and the understanding of your self worth to be happy even during unhappy times. Mm. That's good. I like that.
0: There we go. And then, what's one thing on your bucket list that you can't wait to do?
1: Oh, I have my baby. Yeah. Mm. Have a baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think well, that's, that's like coming. the forefront. Yeah. It's coming 16 <laughs> weeks from tomorrow. We'll see if she's on time. But yeah, I think that start like officially like having our baby, starting our family and then eating sushi again. Yes. That oh, is it. <laughs> I, that,
0: I can't. My, one of my really good friends is pregnant too. I just can't imagine like that's going to be so hard. <laughs> yeah, I love sushi too. It's a tough one. Yeah, oh, man. And then third question. If you could give your younger self one main piece of advice, what would it be?
1: that it's okay to not be okay. Mm. And just like know that, know that everything works out and it's okay to have hard times, but find out who you are in those hard times.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Love that. Well, that's all the questions that I have. This was so fun. (laughs) I, I guess
0: it was. I'm again, so happy. Like for anyone listening, I don't, we didn't go into this earlier. Like we connected
1: I forget how like I, th- I think, think you heard... Jess had you had done your podcast with Jess and I yes. was like oh okay. I'll follow her I had just started yeah. my account it was like last fall and then you followed me and then we just kind of connected and then all of a sudden realized that we like, like not just had Jess, a lot like, of mutual friends
0: Jess is like my mutual friend for like 10% of the entire Disney community I feel like. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, um and like but my old roommate Jessie yep. Jessica like you I remember her specifically saying that she had a friend named Becca when she did her internship at Disney and like that's that so moment that that like hit I was just, I remember messaging me like oh my god you're back <laughs> this clicked oh, and then so I funny. worked
1: with with your boyfriend's sister oh my
0: god I forgot about that you worked with Molly in fantasy yes. land yes. oh my god that is so funny yep and here we are. Here we are. Finally, next step's in person. It really is. Next step is in person. Yes, it is. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, thank you so much again, everyone. If you would like to follow Becca and Joe and her little family and everything that's coming Mm -hmm. soon, make sure you follow her on Instagram. I'll have her links in the show notes and everything like that. But other than that, thank you again. thanks for listening to the Be Your Own Badass podcast. Love this episode? Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Do you have a question that you'd like answered on the Be Your Own Badass podcast? Go to sarahkatherine.com slash badass question to submit your question, get featured on there, and receive specific advice to help you. I can't wait to hear from you. Until next time.